0: Hey there, cutie pies. It's me, Jessica Taylor, your overthinking therapist and oversharing compadre. After a long and painful hiatus, Casually Concerned is back, and hopefully, it's better than ever. If you don't agree, unsubscribe. In today's episode, my good friend Ronald Young Jr. slash audio producer podcaster extraordinaire joins Casually Concerned to discuss the big lapse, as in an almost three-year break in our friendship. During COVID, all of us have had to take a long, hard look at ourselves, and we've had to spend time with ourselves in a way that we wouldn't have otherwise. Honestly, most of us have probably spent a lot of time avoiding this quote unquote alone time. Who even wants to look in the mirror unless you're looking at your pores magnified? Duh, not me. Sometimes we just need a reason to look inward, and fortunately, But unfortunately for all of us, the chaos, fear and frustration we've all felt related to the pandemic and also general disdain for our country have pushed a lot of us to look at what is important in our lives. Reconnecting with Ron during 2020 was crucial for me because his absence in my life had been simmering under the surface for far too long, like a germ that I couldn't even disinfect. The void, it had become way too big, way too heavy, and I just didn't want to carry it anymore. Also, you're going to hear me do a lot of mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah, yeah, and totally's throughout the episode. These are called minimal encouragers in the therapy world. These are used to keep the conversation flowing. So heads up, socially awkward people, you can use these words to convey that you care about what you're hearing, and clearly, they're my favorite. So, here we go, episode six of Casually Concerned. Desperate times call for reparation measures. So, Ron, let's just do a COVID catch-up. What has life been like over the last several months? Um, oh. I know that's a loaded question.
1: Yeah, it's – um, COVID started in a very different place than where it is presently for me. Mm-hmm. So, like, it started uh, – like, my life was just very different at the beginning of COVID. It was – um, you know, I was in a relationship – I was going to work every day. I was driving to work. I was working for a corporation. Uh, I was, like I said, commuting to work. Um, I lived in a different apartment. Uh, I was going out and seeing people. Mm -hmm. I just had a very different outlook on life at the time. And since then, you know, it's not just COVID. It's been the election. It's been COVID. It's been masks. It's been social distancing. I've been in a breakup. I lost that job i started a whole new career or transitioned um fully into audio production full time mm-hmm. um it's been entirely it's been entirely different so it feels uh yeah it just feel it it's, it's hard to explain like my mm-hmm. life is is completely different now than when i started uh not just in 2020 I, I i remember in the beginning of the year i had a super bowl party and i had people over i mm-hmm. had my friends uh my sister a couple friends Uh, my then girlfriend was there. And I remember my sister mentioned that there's these nachos I make that everybody likes. Mm -hmm. And my sister's like, yo, I haven't had those nachos in a while. I was like, We had them at the Super Bowl party. And then then I paused and I was like, That was earlier this year. And she was like, No, what and she like was in shock. She was, Mm -hmm. Oh, that was in February. I was like, That was in the first week of February. And I think The length of this year, I think everyone makes jokes about it, but this every day has been so long and every week has been even longer. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, no, it's 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 tough. And then the racial uprising.
0: (laughs) As if you we needed anything else to exacerbate the current insanity and hopelessness. Yeah. Of what's going on.
1: Yeah. Then here comes that. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, with that came a lot of uh, I don't know With that came a lot of a, a lot of perceived good. And I don't think mm-hmm. we're necessarily, I don't think we're done with the effects of that yet. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's it's just different. When you ask that question, I'm like, i was sitting here thinking about recording and all that. And <laughs> now I'm like, oh man, this is a it's a real ass question. Yeah. Well,
0: also because there's no way to kind of create an elevator speech about everything that's gone on either. And I also personally wonder if you know, everything that's happened with me over the last several months, if any of that would have actually happened had COVID not been what it is. You know, like life as when we live life, it's so lather, and repeat, it's monotonous. It's just, you know, we all become creatures of habit. And then when something like COVID happens and it really shakes up our system and it forces us to do something different, I think that also puts different parts of your psyche in play. Um, I mean, that's kind of, I mean, even you being here, is a perfect example because we, I don't know, I guess we'll just kind of like get into it. Like the notion and, and what I wanted to call this episode was, what did I say? Um, desperate times call for reparation measures, right? Because this is a very still to this day, if it, it, there's so many parts of what we do every day or what we see or what we're engaged with that feel just like these desperate feelings connected to it. Um, and, you know, we just kind of re-entered our friendship what three months ago?
1: Yeah, I guess it was. I I didn't, um, I mean we started talking longer before that, which was good. but I think like if you want to say officially kicked it back off, it's been about three months. Mm-hmm. And it's weird because and I'll talk specifically about our friendship in a second, but okay, this this pandemic and and the racial uprising, all this, it's brought like a couple people back where they've been like there's been, you know, and not necessarily like falling outs, but there's been like relationships that fell apart or things where we just drifted apart. And then somehow we're cool again. And And now is the time because people just had time. There was mm-hmm. one there's one friendship I'm thinking of in particular where I was very close with her and her family. And over the course of the last year, just from me and her, just like she joined my anti-racist book club and we saw each other more. And just from she's been a great support during my breakup, just like mm-hmm. reaching out and stuff and just sending me like little, uh, you know, Instagram wisdom and things like that. That's yeah. very helpful. But that's that's something that happened as a result of the pandemic. When I think about you specifically, it's always it always feels like I feel very good to have you back in my life. Um, but it's, it's hard to, it's hard to like, p- to wrap my fingers around why it's just because when there's a few people that really, there's only a few people that really get me, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There's like, there's a very short list and a lot of people, there there's plenty of people that like me and there's plenty of people that like being around me, but there really aren't that many people that really get you. And when you mm-hmm. meet those people, uh, and when if things don't work and they leave your life, because a lot of times those are relationships, you know what I mean? Totally. But when you when you meet like a good friend, um, and I'm thinking about you, my friend Michael Jefferson, of course my sister, and there's others mm-hmm. that just get you. When there's ever a separation between y'all, it's it's devastating in a way that you can't quantify. So when you emailed me, like the email alone was healing, like just mm-hmm. seeing like your face, I mean your your name pop up in my inbox, I was like, oh well, that feels good. I don't even care what she's going to say next. Like that, that feels Okay. So
0: there wasn't any like immediate anxiety or pit in the stomach. Cause I'm trying to put myself in your shoes. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think that, I don't know, of course I would hope that it would be something positive, but I would first get a ping of like, Ooh, what is this?
1: Yeah. No, I just like when I'm always, I get mad at people and I, I fight with people, but um, there's only there's only been like a very even shorter list of people that I've been like, I'll never talk to you again. Mm-hmm. This will never be fixed. Um, but everybody else, if we can hash it out, I'm always willing to try again. Yeah. And so, like, with you, I was – I mean, not only did you show up with the email, you showed up and, like, almost immediately said something that I really needed to hear, which was – I mean <laughs> – <laughs> it's kind of hard to because my thing was, I'm very much like I, with with most people, I'm willing to let bygones be bygones in a lot mm-hmm. of ways. But I, I realize I am a person that like that. I'm a, my love language is words of affirmation. Mm-hmm. So like words are very important to me generally. And so when people use certain words or say certain things or tones and all that, I'm very sensitive. I could be hurt. Almost too easily. It's like mm-hmm. it's actually like a kryptonite, <laughs> you know what I mean? Because it's like, what did you mean by that? Mm-hmm, you know, like, mm-hmm. and they're just like, Ronald, I just said to you, want this sandwich? You're like, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so I like it doesn't take much for me to be like to be hurt, and I have to because of that. It makes me a bit of an overthinker. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, they didn't mean it like that. Nah, they didn't mean it like that. They didn't mm-hmm. mean it like that. And I'm thinking that over and over again. So with you, you reached out with the email. You said you said some stuff. You talked about uh, how the racial uprising was making you feel and how it made you think about me, which I was like that. That that means a lot, Um, especially because you know how I feel about those types of issues. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, like, immediately when when we talked, you uh, you apologized about one specific thing, and and I was not expecting you to apologize. And as a matter of fact, I didn't. You didn't need to, but you did, and that that meant a lot. Like that, like that, like if any if there was any resentment or anything left, which I don't think there was, it was it had melted away Mm -hmm. by that point. And then, you know, you invited me to your house and I met Nate and yeah, it just, it felt like, you know, you know, things are different now because we're, we're just in different places in our life, but like, it just, it doesn't feel like we, we really missed a step or missed a beat, which is, which feels good. And, um, but that wouldn't have happened without the quarantine. Without,
0: exactly. Yeah, exactly. And, and that's something that. I was thinking about because, you know, I've thought about you several times throughout the last several years. And kind of like you said, there are certain people, I call them soulmate friends, right? It's like in therapy, we have something called circles of trust, right? It's like, you know, you're in the middle, and then there's one layer out, then there's one layer out, and there's one layer out. And the further out you get, the less you can trust someone. And, you know, but relationships are fluid, people can flow in and out of different levels of trust. And it's like, you always remained in that circle for me, even though you weren't there, right? Like I thought about you a lot, not just like in memories, but you also met me at a part, a point in time where I was like the biggest size in my life, the lowest emotionally in my life. And when I really wanted to like get control. And I was able to be like super vulnerable with you. It's like there was never any like nuances or like insecurity didn't play a role. And it's really, really hard to find people where you can just let your guard down and you don't have to worry, period. Right. There's no I never did any overthinking in our friendship. Um, And, you know, the reason it's not like, oh, in my mind, I have to reach out to all of my black friends during BLM. Right. I'm not using any part of my life or my knowledge or my connections as to get brownie points. But and that's why I said to you is like, I hope I'm not using this. I'm not trying not to use this time as an opportunity to reconnect, but it's it felt wrong for me not to contact you. And part of the reason that I wanted to apologize is because our quote unquote falling out was over a really, really I remember exactly. It was a Facebook post that you made about. Bruno Mars, and essentially, you know, saying that he was talented, but that he didn't give enough credit to those in which he took that style of music from. Mm -hmm. And, you know, our dynamic was oftentimes you were like, you got very, you were very serious or very driven in talking about something. And then I'm just myself, right? Like I insert an emoji and it takes away from the seriousness of it, but it doesn't mean that I don't care. And I think it was Wrong place, wrong time, and I felt like I was being like schooled on your platform. When really, it's your platform, right? You, I came in on your post, and then you had allies, which everyone should hopefully have allies. And then I, and then one of your friends was like, "Oh, she's getting triggered," and I was like, "What? I just like locked out of heaven. Like, I just really (laughs) like Bruno." And then that was it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it's like something that I think about a lot. It's the notion of um the in in Well, it's not just in therapy, but the ostrich Mm -hmm. syndrome, Mm because the notion that, you know, when ostriches, uh, when they sense danger, they stick their head in the sand, Mm -hmm. right? So in humans, we like to avoid the obvious if it relates to discomfort Mm -hmm. that can happen with bills, relationships, the scale, Mm -hmm. right? Um, And I think that's what's very much what happened. It's like, I didn't feel like I had the energy to go through that with you. Mm -hmm. Um, And then fast forward all of this time, it's like everyone... Everyone that hasn't challenged themselves in relation to the color of their skin needs to. And I realized that I didn't I just didn't realize the importance of it before and I couldn't ignore it.
1: Well, okay, so I think what everything you're saying is true and that but I I don't think you realize it maybe you don't remember that was the that was for us. I feel like that was like the straw that broke the camel's back cuz we had taken like a couple of big blows to our friendship and the one the main one that I don't know if you remember this but if I and I hope I don't remind you of something painful. <laughs> Here
0: we go.
1: <laughs> it was in uh it was November of 2015, might be 16. Okay. Uh but um no, it was November 2017 cuz 20 early 2018 was when we stopped talking. Uh but we there was a something that happened with a group of friends of ours. Yes. Do you remember? Okay. Yeah. I'm not mm-hmm. going to give the details. Yeah. Um, and stuff got misconstrued. I, I said something I shouldn't have to someone I shouldn't have said it to. And we, uh, I felt like that was a big, that was a bigger blow than I think we realized. Mm-hmm. Um, And especially, and I don't, and I never, and off mic, I'll t- I want to talk to you about that because there was fallout that I don't even think you realize it happened after that. Um, I don't talk to any of those people anymore, mm-hmm. but uh As a result, I remember me and you had some friction at that point. And this incident, this next incident happened very closely to that. Mm. And I felt like I felt tight about things that had happened in that first incident Mm -hmm. that were really not. They were not. I don't ever think that me and you had a problem. No, it
0: had nothing to do with you or I. exactly.
1: And I feel like that was that was part of the issue. I think whenever I go back to that, I always think about the people that were surrounding us that Mm -hmm. we were that we were like close to. Um, and I use, I'm using air quotes right now. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I'm saying, uh, using, putting close in air quotes is because I was not as close to any of these people as I was to you.
0: Ex- and so, I agree.
1: Yeah. And so what I really, I felt like when that incident happened, what I say was, hey, yo, straight up, I will throw all these people off a bridge. Like, I don't care about any of them. This, our friendship is what I value. I don't value any of my relationships with these people, really. Like, mm-hmm. they're all fine and I like hanging out with them, but I have other friends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And so when that, I feel like when that happened, um, We were already kind of on shaky ground at that point.
0: I was being an ostrich.
1: Oh, okay. During that that time. Okay, that makes sense. You know, because
0: I, and now that you're thinking about it, I'm recalling it as it was at the time. And I think that way, way in my past, it's like, it was, it's so easy to get involved in drama. And like, as I become an adult, I've just tried to distance myself as much as possible. And I think that, you know, sometimes when that happens, it's like, I, I like lose the ability or I refuse to even advocate because I don't want to if I'm not um, ruffling any feathers, then I'm just not going to like. Because in my everyday life and work, it's like all I deal with is conflict and like listening to really terrible things and trying to process painful things with people. And so sometimes when I think that I'm off the clock, my ability to reason or rationalize, I sometimes feel like as a protective measure, but it's also something that's not good for me. It's like I really desensitize myself Mm -hmm. to stuff that could feel but stirs up feelings.
1: That's funny because, okay, so I've been in therapy now for a year. Mm-hmm. Um, Congrats. Thank Great you. job. It's been fantastic. <laughs> and one of the biggest breakthroughs I had was she, she just says she goes, Ronald, it's obvious that you've, you, that you use silence as a protective force. And I was like, that's 100% true. Mm. Like whenever I'm uncomfortable, don't want to have the conversation any of that stuff, I withdraw. I won't talk about it. Um, I'll leave it alone. And then I always want to, I always want to have the, co- the conversation, uh, but, there's been times in many a relationship where I haven't been able to have that conversation. There's something right now going on with my, uh, with my pastor
0: mm-hmm. in
1: which he'll, he'll probably never apologize for a way that he hurt me. And, uh, or even with, and, and typically happens with like, with um, important adults in my life. And when I okay. say they're like parents, uh, teachers, and because I'm never having those conversations uh, like what I do is I kind of withdraw and I use silence as a pr- protective factor, and that also happens with people I'm mad at. I'll just be like, won't talk to them. You know what I mean? And again, words of affirmation, quality time, those are my love languages. Mm-hmm. So um, it's all—they're also my hate languages. So <laughs> <laughs> totally. So I use silence and uh, distance as a way to get away from people. So when when people are using silence and distance on me, for me, I always interpret it as you're mad at me, and so. Yeah, I think, yeah, I didn't realize that you were ostriching at that time, but I knew something wasn't right. And then when this happened, I think because we already had that friction, it was very easy for me to keyboard warrior you at that moment, Mm -hmm. which, and I, because I mean, honestly, and then there was, there was the other thing was before the Bruno Mars things, me and you had had a long conversation about Justin Timberlake. Oh my God, (laughs) you're right. (laughs) So it was like, it was like, boom, boom, boom. It happened in very rapid succession. And I remember leaving that conversation we didn't have an argument, but we like I pushed back a few times, but it wasn't an argument. And I felt like that led into the Bruno Mars thing. And the Bruno Mars thing was the was the culminating event. But I think and I think for your listeners, we're not just people who have such differing tastes in music that we have friction, but there was a there was a deeper argument going on there. Yes. And we needed to address it, and I feel like we didn't. And I think that's what that's what knocked us off track.
0: And that's why that's why we're here now. Right. Yeah, because yeah. had everything, you know, with, with George Floyd and BLM, like again, not happened. It's like everyone would just continue to live in their little worlds, mm-hmm. ostriching, putting on a facade, mm-hmm. saying just what they need to say, mm-hmm. you know, let's just, let's just keep the peace, but really there's no peace. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so in my mind, I was like, I literally have nothing to lose. And, um, I don't know. I talk to people a lot about I think that all too often people wait for closure because closure is defined in so many ways by different people. And I say to my clients a lot, you can't just wait for this moment. Sometimes you have to force the closure, right? It's like if you're saying closure is the only thing that's gonna make me feel better, it's not just gonna come to you, right? It's like if you if you if you need to feel resolved about something, what are you gonna do? Waste your time and your energy just trying to like Um, What is it called? Uh, Confirmation bias. Mm -hmm. Um, It's the notion that, you know, you essentially you can tell your mind if you're looking for an answer, you're going to find it. Mm -hmm. Right. If you're if you're stressed and you're telling your mind, you're creating these um, catastrophes or scenarios in your mind. Your mind is going to go in whichever direction serves you in that moment. And I think that that is what happens when people wait for relationships to reconnect or whatever. It's it's like, yes, I think that aha moments are real. But I don't think that they always just happen. Sometimes you have to either number one, you have to be open to the opportunity for it to actually happen, remove barriers that you don't know are actually there. But number two, force it. Mm. Right? We can't just wait for things to happen.
1: That's fair. I, yeah, when you said that, I, my mind drifted a little bit because I started thinking about like situations I'm currently in with uh, with closure or with resolution that it's it just feels like i'm not gonna get but i but what i always feel like is in a lot of cases and and minus you and michael jefferson who um there's an episode of my podcast time well spent and the episode's called bad friend
0: mm-hmm. and
1: it talks about me and michael jefferson pause no. really quick yeah
0: when you i had still been listening to your podcast mm-hmm. the entire time because mm-hmm. you know I was on one of your first, your first podcast episode, right? Um, And, you know, when Ron and I were not friends, I started this whole, I started, I wanted to do a podcast and like, I literally just like Googled it and just piecemealed it. And it probably sounded like I was like recording it like in a bag of pennies. I I don't even know, (laughs) but it's so funny because like you're an expert, right? Mm -hmm. And it's your thing. But when, when I saw the title for that episode, I thought it was going to be about me. (laughs)
1: <laughs> well, truth be told, Jessica, I've been a bad friend to a lot of my
0: networks. <laughs> no, I thought that you were calling... It, it was going to be about me, Jessica. <laughs> Let that- me tell
1: y'all Sorry. about Je- nah. <laughs> I, uh And it's funny. It's it's funny you should say that. But but the whole reconciliation with him, I just wanted to point out that he mm-hmm. reached out to me. You reached out to me. And with Michael Jefferson, I was wrong. Mm-hmm. But Michael Jefferson reached out to me and squashed it. And that meant the world. And yeah. I was able to apologize to him I've apologized to his wife like it was it was a mess and I like we 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 were able to apologize. I don't know if we're like I love Michael Jefferson and um and I don't know if our friendship was what it was before but also he moved. He doesn't live in the area anymore. Mm-hmm. But that felt good. With you it was another where you reached out to me and you're right. I was open to it. But I'm always open to it. And I think sometimes what I find is that when I'm looking for closure or resolution again, I'm always open to it. But sometimes when I reach out um, it seems like I'm dealing with folks who aren't always as ready as I am or aren't always as, as open as I am. So I found oftentimes I normally have to just wait for people to be ready. And that doesn't always feel good.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, and exactly. And I something that I tell myself in moments like that is like we have to manage our expectations going into anything that contains um, a lack of certainty or clarity. Right. Yeah. Because if we go into whatever, expecting something positive or something negative, it's like we're not we're going to feel unsettled either way. Mm -hmm. So going into that situation with you in terms of like managing my expectations, my only goal was to be able to tell you that I cared Mm -hmm. and that I was thinking about you. And I just wanted you to be able to like accept that and hold it. I expected nothing in return. Like in my mind, I was I mean, I knew. I was like, Ron is a soulmate friend. Ron is a soulmate friend. But I was I was thinking, you know, he, I, I told myself, you know, he might take time to respond. If he does respond, then he might say he... Like, I went through every scenario in my head. Mm-hmm. But then as I was still going through scenarios, you wrote me back. And I was like, dude! <laughs> oh, my gosh. And then the first time we Zoomed, dude. Yeah, that was fantastic. We immediately... And it's so funny because <laughs> you didn't even... Like, I had just... I think I had just met Nate. I don't even know. It's like mm. you had never. And then I told Nate about it and it it, it was so great. Yeah. It's like I was just like gleefully crying, excited inside. Yeah, no,
1: it was good. It was it was it, it was it was fantastic. I think it's funny. I th- I'm pretty sure I stopped what I was doing and responded <laughs> to you. Like, I don't remember what I was doing at the time. I just remember seeing the email. And I was like, absolutely. Because And the, you know what <laughs> the thing was? I was I was buried under a massive amount of emails and texts from white folks who were like reaching out to me to be like, oh, hey, yo, gosh. Ron, you're everything good? Yo. Hey, black friend, you good? <laughs> and I knew that yours was different. You know what I mean? I, you, I knew yours wasn't just like, Ronald, I am not reaching. Yes, you are black. And I am reaching out to you, but I am not reaching out to you because you are black. Where right. I was getting a lot of those I got Venmo Venmo money from people, just like low reparations. Yeah, there's an episode of Reply All about this. You should listen okay. to in which uh the host talks about black folks receiving money from white folks during that time who felt bad, which is like, it's like, okay, I'll take the money, but do you really get what's happening here? Do you get the oh. issue? But I but I knew yours was different. Right. And I feel like that's why when I saw that, I was like, Yeah, I absolutely I could absolutely use, use you right now. You know mm-hmm, what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, back in my life, which is, which is good. And I feel like there's been, like I said, there's only been a few people where it's like, if they want to come back, they can always come back. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If we ever want to reconnect, we can always reconnect. Um, and I think it's, it's, it's hard to make that clear to, I don't know. It's hard to make that clear to folks sometimes where it's just like, there, if there's ever a spot that I, and cause there's that that stupid Instagram thing. I say where it's like, if people leave your life, let them, I'm like, Sure. But I'm like, there should be a dot, dot, dot. And if they want to come back and you feel okay with it, come on back. (laughs) Right.
0: Exactly. (laughs) Revolving door. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, if you were if you were toxic and terrible and all that and which we weren't, we weren't bad to each other. There was Mm -hmm. nothing about our relationship. I was like, this is toxic. I remember one of the best time, one of the best things you ever did for me. I don't know if you remember this. Um, We were at a party. We were at a party in D.C. And uh, we were at, uh, at, I don't know, some stupid uh, like nightclub in Adams Morgan or something mm-hmm. like that. And you were about to leave. And I was like, "Yo, I'm ready to go, too. You're like, all right, well, then let's go. But then another person I was with was not quite ready to go. And I think I did not want to stay. I was ready to go. And I didn't want to wait. And I remember <laughs> you said, you were like, yo, you don't have to stay. If you want to go, let's go. And I was like... Man, bump this! I'm out of here, and we left. And I was like, I felt so good. And the person later was like, Oh, you you left. And I was like, Well, you stayed. I didn't want to stay. I'm right. ready to go. Right. And you kind of empowered me to do that. And um, <laughs> I don't know. I just remember, like, in terms of like our friendship, that's like really how it was. We were very much like we we're two people that are like we're not with the BS, and 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 a lot of a lot of stuff goes on. We are with our own BS, right? Like that we create for ourselves and enjoy, but we are not with others' uh, BS, which felt good uh because we
0: were like independent yeah yeah yeah
1: even though like we were our own pod mm-hmm. <laughs> just still like we're like we're cool Was <laughs> it's just always funny to see people that like wanted to be friends with us or wanted to be friends with you specifically or wanted to be friends with us and it was just like now nah, we we got enough friends we we don't need we don't need the extras right but, but that always felt good so but you were a person that could always come back like you were yeah. always like like welcome back and I was I was always welcoming that relationship. I remember when I found out that you had uh, the death toll. When I found that you had uh, unfriended and followed me on oh social media, God. and I was like, oh man, that was probably the harder day because I was like, we'll we'll talk again eventually. And then I saw that and I was like, oh no. And then, but when we reconnected, I remember what Michael Jefferson said on my podcast, which was he says, yeah, I unfollowed you. He's like, but I never blocked you. I never blocked you. He's like, I don't want to see your little post about your shoes mm-hmm. and like what you' going on, and your new hat. I didn't want to see none of that. He goes, and that was I was I couldn't handle that, and I recognized that that's what what uh, had happened for you too.
0: Yeah, yeah. For me, it was. This is going to sound really well. Whatever it is, what it is, it's not ridiculous. It's um, but at the time irrationally, I was scared that if I kept you as a friend, then I would either read into something that you posted assuming it was really relate- I just thought that it wouldn't be good for me. It mm-hmm. was nothing about you. I just did it because I was like Jessica, you don't need to make this bigger in your mind than it is mm-hmm. right because the entire time I was just like acting as if it was it didn't have an impact. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there would be so many times where things would pop up, either memories, or I'd be like, oh well, rock ra- mm. <laughs>
1: that that is the worst <laughs> feeling in the world when you have a meme or a video or something you want to laugh about and the person you want to laugh about it with is totally. unavailable. Even if they're just unavailable, like <laughs> in the moment. <laughs> yeah, in the moment, it's like, oh man, I really want to I'm laugh so about this. Yeah. But it like it feels like that feeling exponentially when this person is just like when they're when they're gone, mm-hmm. you know, it's just like wh- like what do I do now? Who do I who do I laugh about this with? And then I don't know. It's I mean I'm 36 now, so I'm like finding relationships like this at this age are are becoming increasingly difficult. First of all, they were difficult to begin with, but finding it. So when you have that, but you're right that 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 gap is just when you have that, you have to value it, and when that gap is there, you 100 percent. Man, you feel it, you know.
0: The void is so strong. Yeah, and it's weird that a void. When we think of the word void, it's like something's taken away. But really, all a void does is like it creates pressure. Yeah, it's a vacuum. Exactly. Yeah, it's
1: a black hole. It's yeah. And you can
0: only out of sight, out of mind things for so long.
1: Mm-hmm. Right? It's mm-hmm. like we
0: can't. Yeah, it's like, but that doesn't impact our psyche. or yeah. You know what yeah. we. Because it's, it's human nature to let your mind wander. And yeah. that's going to happen. Um, But freaking the blessing and the curse of social media. Those, yeah. mem- those memories, man.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's stuff that pops up now that I'm like I, I just it doesn't feel like it's a lifetime away at all even though it is but it doesn't feel like it like the the shake wave video I sent you oh like my God. I'm, I'm sitting there I'm like I'm in the I felt cuz I filmed the, the video but I'm sitting there I'm like I remember this was right after you left the hospital mm-hmm. and you were like trying to like get your strength up <laughs> but it was just it was such a it was such a like a like a you moment you know what, yeah. what I mean but and I I value that It's it just it, like I feel like it I was thinking about this morning and I was just like, "Yo, just breakups are trash in general. Trash. Cause like, that's what, like, that's what it was with yes. breakup. But I feel like breakups are just, are, are trash. And I don't like breaking up. I would always rather say, how can we fix this? Yeah. Unless you absolutely know that you can't. And, but I always feel like if two people are willing to fix it, there will always be reconciliation down the path. And I feel like you can be stronger when you get over a, a canyon uh, or like a perceived like difference between you and a person you can be stronger because now that you've overcome that anything else that comes in your path you guys can work together to do it again
0: totally and i feel
1: like if me and you ever had the same type of issue like that again i feel like it'd be much easier to be like ron don't tell anybody this but like straight done or right. after that like ron i told you not to i'm like you know what that's my bad sorry we good, I will fix this, you go sit down, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, For sure. There's a hundred different ways I feel like we would handle this mm-hmm. now because we are aware of like the consequences mm-hmm. or what could happen if we don't fix this now, you know?
0: Absolutely. And I think if anything, you know, it's Quarantine's quarantine so interesting because on one hand, it's, you know, we all are just like, ah eh, we're quarantined. We make jokes about like making dents in the sofa and like buying too much stuff online or, you know, just being lazy, not, sh- you know, whatever, working from home, wearing sweats, sometimes not showering. Cause who cares? No one's going to see you anyway. Gross. Yep. I don't do that. <laughs> um, I do. Um
1: if you could smell what I smell,
0: <laughs> I did shower only from the neck of. <laughs> Um, Is I think that there's been this movement where people want to come out of come out of quarantine with something, mm-hmm. right? They want to come out with um, something shifted, something changed, mm-hmm. uh, whether that be perspective, physically, or whatever it is. And I think that's the biggest. I don't want to ever have a period of my life again where. It feels like a blank space. I mm-hmm. want to always have something that has been teachable, where mm-hmm. we've we've been able, you know, I've been able to tolerate discomfort. I don't want to just feel like like time's been wasted. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know it's cliche, but mm-hmm. I think that time is time is wasted when you don't make it have meaning some way.
1: I agree. I think that somebody described this period of time as a, a chrysalis or a cocoon. Mm-hmm. They're like, we're going into a cocoon. You know what I'm realizing now, though, is that people are starting to see the vaccine news come out, and they're like, wait this is going to be over. I'm like, yeah, it is eventually. Right, And we're not going back to normal. We're going forward to whatever that whatever forward is next phase. Yeah. And I think what a lot of people need to realize is that there's a lot of of things you got used to in this time period. And there's a lot of things about you that didn't change. And there's that didn't change and did change. And a lot of things about other people that also did change and didn't change. Mm -hmm. But whatever we come out to is going to be very unfamiliar to a lot of folks Whether it's your relationships, it's how you go out, all those things, Mm -hmm. your interpersonal relationships with folks, the way you speak to each other, uh, the people that you thought you were close with, all of that. A lot of that stuff is going to be different and it's going to be and it's going to be hard for a lot of folks unless you were preparing for it to be different. Right. And I think. You're, you're nailing it because there's a lot of people that are planning, I'm going to come out of this with a skill. I'm going to come out of this with this. I'm going to read these books. Anything. I'm going to knit more, whatever. Mm-hmm. And they come out with that and then they use that as a coping mechanism yep. in the new world. Mm-hmm. And I feel like a lot of folks... There's enough folks that I feel like
0: maybe didn't do that. No. I'm going to become a victim of this circumstance.
1: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I am going to become the sofa. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. and 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 I don't want to, I'm not shaming nobody.
0: Absolutely. It was hard it's for hard. people. Yeah, yeah. It was hard.
1: But I feel like what, I think people anticipate that being out will be easier automatically. And I'm like,
0: oh, no, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> we have to manage our expectations. Exactly.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So before we officially end, and I just want to check in with you related to any goals that you have kind of like transition into like this next phase of life, early 2021. What's what are you hoping for? What are you going to put out into the universe?
1: Um, I, you know, right now I've been the two things. Like as I stated before, I'm going through a breakup. Um, when I say going through, I mean the, the breakup has happened, but I'm processing it still. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I've focused on two things: um, getting in shape,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, losing weight. I'd gotten very, very big, um, but I'm, I'm you know I've lost a chunk of it, and I'm still moving forward with that. And decorating my apartment. Yes. <laughs> because uh, I moved to a, a bigger apartment because I'm working from home a lot more now, so I have a dedicated office space and i'm buying art i'm buying you know uh rugs we talked about mm-hmm. that and just trying to make it as homey and like and as a homey and as like as as uh warm as possible yeah. and my new principle is now is i will not move from this apartment or get into a relationship until i find someone that i love more than this apartment
0: that's great cuz you're putting so much energy into exactly.
1: it exactly Exactly. So I'm like, so whoever comes next, this is your competition. So be ready. So if you want me to move out or buy a house or do something else, it's got to be better than this. Top that. Yeah. Top. the. Yeah, exactly. So. But yeah, those are the, the two main things I'm focused on. I have some career stuff that I'm waiting for good news about. So. um
0: So everything's in motion.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I'm just like waiting for uh just waiting for results now. Just, like, stay in the course and waiting for results. Quarantine has made it very easy to pick up new habits and stick to them. Yeah. So I think people should keep that in mind as well.
0: Yeah. Because just life is, in my mind, life is just a series of choices. Like, you have to set goals, make, make choices, and then move forward. So yeah. without... And it's like, if we don't have a goal, then, like, we have nothing to engage in. Yeah. Right? Yeah. The latherins repeat is the worst.
1: It's, it's trash, but... It works. Yeah, until until it doesn't. Until it does it, yes.
0: Ronald, thank you so much for being here with me.
1: (laughs) Thank you for having me. It was great being here.
0: I hope this warmed all of your cold hearts just a little bit. I wanted to read you the email that started it all. I said, Hey Ron, I just wanted to reach out and say hi and I love you and I miss you. I've been thinking about you a lot over the last couple of years. This isn't an attempt to take an inopportune time to connect. Just wanted you to know I've been thinking about you. I stand with you and I'm sending you thoughts of peace and support. Ron's response. Really means the world that you reached out to me. Who knows or cares if this is the quote-unquote right time to connect? Here we are. I've missed you as well. I hope this is the first of several conversations to reconciliation. But even if it isn't, it means a lot that you reached out. I love you too. Guys, that was all it took. Ronald and I reconnected because we were both open to the opportunity and clearly the benefit far outweighed the risk. So, if you have something in your life or mind that is always under the surface, that impedes your ability to metaphorically let go, now's the time. If you're overthinking it, give yourself a break and force closure instead of waiting for it to happen. If you want to hear more from Ronald, you can follow him on Twitter and Instagram at Oh It's Big Ron or subscribe to his podcast, Time Well Spent, or Leaving the Theater. He also just launched a new show with VPM and Witness Docs called Seizing Freedom, which tells the story of Black folks and their journeys to freedom after the Emancipation Proclamation. You can find those wherever you subscribe to podcasts, or wherever you found this podcast you're listening to right now. Thank you so much, Ron, for allowing me to flow back into your life orbit. Now, I'll never leave. Casually Concerned is brought to you by me, Jessica Taylor. This episode was produced in partnership with Oh, Big Ron Studios. If you want to help the show grow, please go to Apple Podcasts and give Casually Concerned a five-star rating. This helps new listeners to discover the show, and it also inflates my ego. If you don't want the show to grow, please unsubscribe. Turn in next time on Casually Concerned. Because guys, if it's worth thinking about, it's worth talking about. Well, actually, before we go, I want you to describe to all of the people listening to this, Mm -hmm. what you see behind your left shoulder.
1: I (laughs) 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 There's a, a picture of someone who I think is named Rosa, or it's by someone named Rosa. Okay, yeah, I think that was the artist, maybe. And it is a woman who is laying on her side, looking at what appears to be some sort of folded iPad or a book or some sort of picture frame mm-hmm. of her and an, another person. And she doesn't have eyes. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't have pupils, uh, but in the picture, she does have pupils. Uh But there's a man with a flower for a tongue and a fish <laughs> behind him. It's, it's one of the most gorgeous paintings I've ever seen, and I, I love so that. Weird. Yeah, it's it's no, it's really weird. But it's, here it is. Yeah, someone in gave your that to me studio. from an
0: estate <laughs> from an estate sale, and Nate was just like, "I'm gonna put up art," and it's weird. I'm into it though. But whoever
1: this person is, really loves breasts, obviously. Yep. Well, because me. they are ample. <laughs> <laughs> I,
0: I'm Rosa. That's my ghostwriting, <laughs> my ghost like, artist name.
1: <laughs> hey. So who's this guy in the picture?
0: I don't know. I can't tell. And if you look to the left of her breast, is that part of the, like, is that a braid? Could the man be a snake?
1: Oh, that's, yeah, that's weird. I don't know what that is. Maybe they started painting her hair braided and they were just like, "Ah, I've had enough of that. (laughs) Is she alive?
0: (laughs) Um, Okay, so before we go.